lovely freaks and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. You can also head down to the description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our social media like uh, Instagram. Twitter. 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 It's Twitter and Instagram together. Twitter, Instagram, and all that jazz. And all that jazz. Yeah. All right. So we are back, obviously. I feel like this summer we've just taken like, we'll do one, take a week off, do one, take a week off. But last week was my daughter's birthday and we did a lot of stuff for her birthday. Oh, yeah. Literally. <laughs> we, we really did. She, she was big, schooled. <laughs> yeah. For she, a whole week. We went to Comic Con, then uh, she water went park. to the water park. <laughs> Then we went to... Out to eat. Out to eat, and Then yeah. we had our birthday party. Then birthday party. So my son this year, I was like, what do you want to do for the week of your birthday? Because I know <laughs> he's going to want to do gonna something. He's going to be like, I want a whole week just like Adeline. Yeah. I think I'm going to take him to a concert. I think that's what I'm going to do. I just don't know where. Like a probably a rapper concert? Cause well, like yeah, this. but dude, I looked at Post Malone's tickets. We're getting way off topic of our podcast, but real quick... I just want to let you guys know, if you want to go see Post Malone, you're going to have to spend no, the the lowest price was $100. Yeah. And I'd I was figure. like, uh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> even like close down, not even on the floor, but like close down in the ble- or whatever you want to call them, in the stadium, it was like $300. And I was like, yeah, no. No. <laughs> so I don't know. He likes country music and I can handle it. So I might take him to one of those. So anyways. Back to our podcast. Um, <clears throat> today, if you saw the title, you may know what we're going to talk about, but you may not because I didn't know anything about this cult until I was like researching cults, like the ants. worst ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this one popped up and I was like, huh. And so I started reading it and I was like, whoa, that is some crazy shit. So just a. Uh, like a kind of a background here this is called the anthill cults this is a cult based in canada um which i didn't even know they had cults in canada i thought they were so so nice so nice (laughs) like that's pretty shocking yeah and um roach therald we're just gonna call him roach the whole time he he i mean roach not roach rock what the hell? Where did that come from? I was from? wondering. I was like, <laughs> did you spell right. it wrong? So no. I just didn't say anything. Uh, Rock. We're just going to call him Rock the whole mm-hmm. time. He was the cult leader who later became a self-proclaimed prophet named Moses. I spelled that wrong. Whatever. He, um, yeah, he, he called himself Moses after, huh. you know, the cult was founded. This wow. cult was founded in 1977, and this cult is one of the worst ones we've ever covered. I'm not really sure why this is not talked about more, especially because, like, in the true crime community, because it's pretty crazy. Uh, To be honest, I think this guy kind of just was, like, a serial killer that decided, I'm going to just make a cult so that way I can torture, murder, and treat these people however I want, because that's Mm. what he did. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And you'll understand later just how insane it is. So, we're going to talk about torture, sexual assault, body mutilation, um, defecation, things like that. So, if that's not something you want to hear today, um, you know, skip it. Come back on a different day when you're feeling like you can handle it. Um, We'll talk about aliens or ghosts. Yeah. For the rest of you guys, buckle up because it's about to get interesting. So, let's start with Rock's 
upbringing. I don't know why I keep wanting to say roach. It's not even spelled that way, but whatever. he's a roach. I guess so. He's a rat. Um, anyways, so we're going to start with Rock's upbringing. He was born May 16th, 1947 in Quebec, Canada. He also has, he speaks, I'm pretty sure he speaks French, but you know, I mean, a lot of Canadians, Canadians speak French. French. Yeah. And so in some of the, um, recordings, like you'll hear him speaking French and stuff like that. So it's, Sorry, go ahead. um, he was raised in Thetford Mines. I don't know where that's at. Somewhere in Canada. His parents were Catholic, and he was one of eight children. Rock was known to be very intelligent. However, he dropped out in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. Now, Rock and some of the neighbors that lived near them, we don't really know a lot about his upbringing, but there was talks of abuse, and obviously because of what he does later on, I mean, he had to be screwed up from birth or something. Um, so, his dad was very abusive. There's not a lot of details on how, but people, like, neighbors do say that they remember hearing, like, you know, screams and yelling and things like that going on at the house. Um, when he dropped out of school, though, he became, uh, he began to teach himself the Old Testament from the Bible, and he believed that the end of the world was coming soon, and there would be a war between good and evil. He was raised Catholic, but converted to Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, in his teen years, he was described as charismatic and handsome. He made quite the impression on all the ladies that he met. And he had a lot of different girlfriends. And, you know... Which, They're always charming. It's yeah, so weird. Yeah, that's a pure example of a cult leader. Um, at 21, he married his first wife named Frances. I mean, Francine. Who was 17 at the time. And I say first because he had multiple wives and multiple children by the end of this. Of course. Um, but him and his first wife, they had two kids together. And he provided by, he did uh, wood wood carving. He would sell them at like little markets and stuff like that. And during this time, he ended up having multiple surgeries for stomach ulcers. Um, he had like seven surgeries for stomach ulcers. Mm -hmm. I guess they just keep coming back. And then his health just declined, and he was pissed off at the medical field. So he started to read textbooks about medical procedures and trying to learn about his own diagnosis and trying to learn, like, basically how to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. And that'll come into play later. You'll understand why that is. But, yeah, it was weird. He eventually think he was going to do the surgeries on himself? Like, I don't... Like, you can't really do I think that. he just was pissed off because the doctors didn't know how to really help him that much. And so he was like, I'm going to figure this shit out on my own. I don't know. He was losing his mind, basically. Mm -hmm. He eventually started using drugs and alcohol as a means to cope with his stomach pain. Which sounds really not like a good idea, but whatever. I'm sure the alcohol wasn't helping his stomach ulcers. After seven years of marriage, Francine finds out that he's having an affair and decides to divorce him. Um, he then married the woman that he had an affair with her on, and that's when he became, like, obsessed with religion. Now, Seven Day of Venice, for anybody that doesn't know, um, religion was... So, this is, like, what he decided to... Um, do basically he decided to become seventh day of venice uh 
what's the word, a member of the church. That's what I was trying to buy. And uh, one of their things is that they believe in, like, clean, healthy living, like, no drugs, no alcohol, no smoking, stuff like that. So he had to quit all of that that he was doing, and he did. He quit it all, and he got really involved in the church. Um, some of the, like, they're kind of like Christians, but they're, they differ. So some believe things written by a prophet named Ellen White. They, like I said, they believe clean eating and lifestyle. They also believe a lot of exercise and their Sabbath day is on Saturday. They do speak in tongues. So these are just some things I'm just giving you guys seventh day of Venice. Now this isn't what he does later is no way tied to seventh day of Venice church or their beliefs. And he actually gets kicked out and we'll get to that part. But I just was trying to give you guys a background of like what religion he got into. And that's what it was. So he went on, a retreat with a church in the mountains and they went to the mountains and they were supposed to all stay together but he like went off and did his own thing and he went up into the mountains he went on a hike when he got back he said that God had given him a vision and he is now God's prophet basically he's one of God's prophets they always do that it's <laughs> so weird they always like go off in the woods and come back and they're like I'm God's prophet yeah uh, he tells everyone, or he tells anyone who would listen to him, that the end of the world is coming. It's classic. And that God told him also that he had healing powers now. Mm-hmm. He started to get followers in the church, people that would, like, believe him and be like, oh, maybe he really is a prophet. So one man actually brought his wife to him, and she had leukemia, and he said that he could heal her. So he put his hands on her, kissed her on the forehead, whatever, healed her. Unfortunately, he really didn't because yeah. she died of leukemia. I think one of the things he told her to do was, like, drink, what was it? It was olive oil or something like that. And that will not help. Eat clean or something, and that'll cure your I leukemia. Mean, that'll help, but <laughs> Well, not it. the olive oil, but the yeah. eating clean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure clean. that was whatever so she died um so he said when when she died he was like thinking probably like, oh shit nobody believes me so he went into her like room or wherever her body was all alone i don't know why nobody was with him but whatever and when he came back out he said i kissed her on the forehead and brought her back but then god told me that it was her time to go so she <laughs> Yeah. People actually oh, believe course. this shit. And people literally, like, I can't even, it baffles me that people, like, believe like, oh, that. yeah, that sounds legit. Yeah. No, no one saw this, but got it. Um, He tried to take over the Seventh-day Adventist church that he was a part of. He was trying to, like, he would preach, and then they would let him do it, like, once. And then he would want to do it more often and more often. So, anyways... Pushed, they were like, fuck it, you're done. So they kicked him out. In 1977, he convinced a group of people to start following him to make his own church. And he basically told them, like, you need to leave your jobs, your families, your religion. We're going to make our own religious movement. And uh, they, they couldn't, like, you know, even if they were in college or anything like that, he'd be like, just drop out and leave everything behind. 
They all went to Santa Marie, Quebec to form a commune where people could live free, listen to motivational speeches, live in unity and peace and free of sin is what he told them. He did tell them, like I said, to break contact with his fa- with their family and the Seventh-day Adventist church. He didn't want anybody to know that, you know, he was doing this. Anybody else in the church. There were around three men and seven women. Maybe it's kind of confusing on how many there exactly were. Um, some things say maybe there was like nine women and four men or uh, five men. and Whatever. The point is, is that it was very small in the beginning. And it really wasn't that big towards the end either. We'll get into that. But these were young, um, and, and there were also kids. And these were young kids that these people had had. So some of these people came with children, like one, two-year-olds. They were in their 20s. They weren't, I mean, some of these people did have hard upbringings, but they weren't like drug addicts. And it baffles me yeah. that people... Towards the end of this, I think they just stayed because they were scared. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning, when all the shit started happening, I don't know. It's weird. Most of them Um, don't have a... um, Which, it baffles me because sometimes most most of them don't have a religion of their own. Yeah. But all these people are in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Also, their families, a lot of their families were like... Uh, some of them their families were like please don't do this like don't don't leave and go and we'll never talk to you again we'll never see you again because that's what he told them like you're you're done like cut off all contact it'd be like if i was like hey i'm leaving going to the mountains never seeing you guys again and you know and their families were like what the fuck are you doing um so in 1979 they settled down in their new home that they built his followers he made them build it in the mountainside, and he called it Eternal Mountain. This is miles and miles of forest, and this is where they lived. He told them that the end of the world was coming in February. Keep that in mind. He made them set up camps. He made them, like, build the tents, and he just kind of sat back and did whatever the fuck he wanted to do. He also rationed their food. He made them wear um, tunic, like, the same tunic, like, uh, tur- not tourniquet. Tunic. Tunic. Same clothes, pretty much. Yeah. Same clothes. So everybody had to wear the same thing. Women wore one thing. Men wore another. And keep in mind, there were kids there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you got into trouble, he would ration your food less. Or, no, if you complained about it, that's what it was. If you complained about it, he would give you less food. So, this is also when he gave himself the name Moses, and he also started marrying more of the women and getting them pregnant. Towards the end, he actually had 20 kids and 8 wives. So, this is where um, things get crazy from here on out, because he started drinking again, which he told his followers they weren't allowed to do, but he could do it. So, which, that part baffles me because I'd be sitting there like, okay, you told us we have to have clean eating and clean living to be closer to God, but you're drinking your ass off. Yeah. Um, what? (laughs) So, I don't don't understand. They didn't question it, though, I guess. Um, but him being drunk is when the torture and the abuse started. So, by 1980s, 
there were nearly 40 members. I just want to throw that out there. Um, close to the 1980s, like 1978, 79, 80s. Yeah, they mm-hmm. had about 40 members. Members were not allowed to speak to each other unless they were in his presence. Awesome. They were... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That was like, okay. <laughs> they were not allowed to have sex unless it was given permission, obviously. I mean, we've seen that before. But the speaking to each other, that was a little weird. Like, even yeah. if they were out working, like, the men couldn't say, hey, Jan, or nothing yeah. like that. Like, they had to be in the presence of him. Um, now, February 1979 came, and remember, I told you he was like, hey, the end of the world's going to happen in February. Well, it came and went. And this kind of put a hitch in his plans because there were people who were like, like a lot of his followers that were like, hey, um, so you're a liar. (laughs) And Rock had a plan to handle this. If someone wanted to leave the cult or they started like saying, you know, you're a liar, this isn't true, blah, blah, blah. He would start hitting them with a hammer or any object that he found near him. He would like pretty much beat them. He would also hang some members up by, on the ceiling and pluck their body hairs out with tweezers, and he would urinate on them. He would also make the women um, to like hang people up and pluck out their body hairs or whatever. Now, there are just a few things he would make. That's just a few things he would make his members do. Um, he would tell them to break their own arms and legs with sledgehammers he would make them sit on hot coal seats like um like a stove top basically mm-hmm. and he would make them sit on it he would also make them shoot each other in the shoulder and for punishment and for punishment he would make them eat dead mice and feces yeah so i just if- don't understand why a group of people would let this happen like I and there's if you're men. Scared, there's but men like in this group. All of you, mm-hmm. I would be like, "Hey, let's just all leave." He he or can't kick his just ass. one person like, can't. Yeah, you know, control us. He must have really, really brainwashed them in those times. You know, we don't really mm-hmm. know all the things that happen in the like in the beginning, but he obviously brainwashed them. But still, I just it's crazy to me. There were less men towards the towards the the start of all this, like the. The punishments and everything there were were less men but still this dude's not like some big you know massive buff guy that you could take out i mean if you wanted to sometimes in order to prove your loyalty to him he would make you cut off other members toes and fingers with wire rope not a wire cutters wire rope the children were not left alone unfortunately either they had to suffer sexual assault and horrific punishments as well. They would be nailed to a tree by their clothes if they got in trouble, and then other kids would throw stones at them. So basically they were stoned. Not to death, but they were stoned, you know. Still, it doesn't matter. But yeah. I'm just saying that they didn't die. Um, but that was one of their punishments. This was all just, in the beginning, stages of the violence, and unfortunately things just got worse. Like any abusive person, the next day after he carried out his violence, he would come to them and he would be like, I'm so sorry. You know, he would cry and he would say, God's making me do these things. God's making me do these punishments to you because you're unfaithful servants or something like that. You're, you're doing hmm. his work or whatever. 
And I think it kind of helped him because he also used the Old Testament to back up his stuff. Because in the Old Testament, there's some yeah. fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. But he never explained that we don't live by that anymore because Jesus, you know, came and saved us of our sins. New, and New Testament. We live by the New Testament because of Jesus. And God didn't do those things to just everybody. He, he was mad in the Bible and the Old Testament because people were, you know, having sex all over the place and, and lying and cheating and stealing and all that and murder people. and killing people. So, you know, these are just people that are just living their best life and, um, you know, just doing chores around and they do something wrong. He's like, oh, yeah, God needs to punish you. Whatever. Um, a lot of his members of this cult were troubled. Like I said, they had low self-esteem. Some had depression and family issues, etc. But... There were fam- There were people that their family members, like I said later earlier, that um, begged them not to leave. Mm-hmm. But these are all the makings of a cult. You know, someone that needs love and attention. Obviously, there were some, like I said, that were doubting him. But you have to remember, he cut them off from communication in the outside world. They were living in the woods, basically. And, um, you know, they probably felt like they had nowhere to go. One of the wives gave birth to a baby, and she actually left it out in the freezing cold um, to die because she said that it was better that the baby died than live in abuse like it was going to. And it was actually a baby for some reason. It was one of his, but he didn't, like, automatically didn't like the baby, even though it wasn't Mm -hmm. born yet. He was like, I don't know, it was weird. He would do what was called purifications, He would tell his members that they needed to be purified and would strip them naked and whip them and beat them. He would also perform unnecessary amateur surgical operations on sick members to demonstrate his quote-unquote healing powers. These so-called surgeries included injecting 94% ethanol solution into their stomach, performing circumcisions on children and adults, and the papers actually talked about him a few times they called him the gentle man of the mountain because they had no idea what was going on inside the commune however in 1983 there was a death that led to the authorities to start looking at the cults a man named guy joined the cult and guy kind of became like this babysitter so one day there was a two-year-old that would not stop crying for whatever reason guy beat him basically was beating him I think he, like, punched him a few times. He's two, you fucking asshole. Yeah, asshole. But he was beating him, punching him. Um, wait, not that any child should, no matter their age. Let me, the yeah. way I said that, he's two. If he was 14, no. Um, I just want to reiterate, no child at any age should have to go, or any person should have to go through that. But, so, he wouldn't stop crying after this. <laughs> no shit. Nothing like it helped. And, um, so... The child wasn't able to use the bathroom, I think is what it was. He wasn't able to go to the bathroom, which one, which only made things worse. And um, Rock decided that he was going to operate. Because remember, I told you he was this grand surgeon. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this child did not make it, and there was no anesthesia when he did this as well. This led authorities to remove 11 children from the commune. However, Rock faced no repercussions for this abusive act. Of course. And I guess there was, like, a story he told them about the child dying. Maybe it was a different story. 
whatever. So Rock was pissed at Guy. Um, so pissed off that he actually castrated him. Guy escaped from the commune. And after he um, escaped, he went straight to the police. He was like pissed off, you know, I've just been castrated. Mm-hmm. So finally the police arrested Rock. Which you're thinking, oh, okay, it's over. No, it's not over, obviously. And um, he only served 14 months. Of course. 14 months. That he was not ridiculous. charged with murder, which I don't know how that didn't happen, but he was just charged with negligence. Mm. Yeah. And after this, they decided to relocate in 1984 to Burnt River, Ontario, Canada. So things carry on, carry on, carried on the same after they moved, but things did get worse. Over time, the police did become aware of what was going on and constantly needing to remove the children from the care of the commune. Anytime they would have a kid, the police would automatically go in and remove the child. Like, you just gave birth three days ago. Okay, we're coming to get the kid. Several but people they wouldn't, I don't understand, mm. they wouldn't sh- shut it down or anything. God, I'll explain that so in just stupid. a second. I'll explain that in just a second. Several people tried to escape but were unsuccessful and would be tortured if they were found. The wives were the ones that tried to escape like over and over again. And he would use a lot of his torture towards the women. Um, And, you know, the men, they weren't safe either. Um, They regularly had their teeth pulled out and appendages broke and things like that. So... In 1989, one of the women named Solange, this is pretty brutal, and this is also like the downfall, basically. She started complaining of stomach pain. Rock decided to perform a surgery without anesthesia. He laid her naked body on a table and punched her in the stomach over and over. Don't know why that thought that would work. Then he stuck a plastic tube in her rectum and performed to perform an enema, and he poured molasses and olive oil in it. He cut her abdomen open with a knife, ripped off some of her lower intestines with his bare hands, and then he got Gabrielle, another woman, to stitch her up. He then told the other women to shove a tube down her throat and blow air into it, and that would be like, you know, giving her um, oxygen or whatever. Unfortunately, the next day, Solange died of her injuries. This is not the end, though. Hold on to your hats, because it's about to get really fucked up. Um, so, Rock claimed that he had powers of resurrection, right? I told mm-hmm. you that. Well, he decided to get her body. And he also... Um, t- there's some confusion. I don't know if I saw where this was true, this wasn't true, whatever. He wanted the members to... Um, uh, marry them like she's dead but he wanted the members to marry them because that's what he said would bring her back if okay. they were married and he did what he's about to do mm-hmm. so anyways he drilled a hole in her skull and him as well as the other male members ejaculated into the hole of her skull oh okay yeah he said this would bring her back to life obviously it did not she was then cremated and he broke off some of her ribs and he took some of her ashes and um it's said that later on he would like ejaculate into the jar because he still thought he could bring her back Mm. even if 
It was just her ashes and her rib bone. God. Crazy. Yeah. Gabrielle, the one I told you stitched up Solange, she tried to escape several times. And she finally did. And she blew the whistle on the commune. This was brought to... This is what brought the commune down. So, the, the commune was registered as a church... And because so, the authorities could not investigate the adults in this situation unless there was, like, you know, murder or something like that. But they had no idea of knowing if somebody was murdered because nobody on the outside world had contact with these people. So it's not like somebody could be like, I haven't talked to my daughter in, like, seven days, you know. So the only thing they could do, though, was take the kids away like they had been doing. Ah. But since it's registered as a church, if the adults don't come to them and the adults don't say, you know, something's wrong, mm-hmm. then there's nothing they can do. The authorities went, after, after Gabrielle came and told them everything that was going on, the authorities went and arrested Rock. Of course, he fled for six weeks. Now, when they finally found him, he was arrested. And he was only arrested, though, for Gabrielle's... Um, she, she, her arm was cut off, and she had a bunch of different uh, punishments that she had to go through. And so she told them this, and he was arrested and sentenced to 12 years because they didn't know about the murder yet. Mm-hmm. So they eventually found out about Solange's murder, and I think some of the other members, like, were telling them all this stuff and stuff like that. And so they tried him for that second-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison. Now, while he was in prison, for some dumbass reason, there were still some of his women followers that were like, Oh, we love you. And they would actually let him have conjugal visit- visits. They always let don't him Don't know happen. why. I but just yeah, don't understand. They would let him have conjugal visit- visits, which led to him having four children. Of course, the authorities came and took all four of those kids right away from the mothers. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. So, he still had women from the commune that were, like, in love with him and followed him and all this other shit. In 2009, he actually tried to sell some of his artwork in the United States-based website called Murder Auction. I don't know if that's still a thing. I didn't try to Google it because I didn't want the government flagging my shit. So, um, but yeah, apparently it was an auction house where you could buy memorabilia and stuff like that from murderers and even people that were like in prison, they would sell their stuff. The Canadian government shut that shit down. They were like, yeah, we're not doing that. Um, and so, in 2011, Rock eventually died. He got stabbed in the neck by his cellmate. And the cellmate said, I quote, I killed that piece of shit. He didn't even care. He got, the cellmate got life. But um, he was like, I don't give a shit. So, <laughs> he, obviously, um, he was talking to him about stuff that he was doing and, you know, in the yeah. cold and stuff. And so, he didn't like that. Um, but, yeah. That is the story of the Ant Hill Kids. Wonder why it's called Ant Hill. Okay, so that, I was going to mention that. So, when they were building um, the commune, like Mm -hmm. I told you, he would like sit back on his ass and not do anything. And they were made to like build and and put all this stuff together. He called them ants. He said said, I was the master and they were the ants. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the name Ant Hill Kids came from. So, he basically gave them that name. That's another red flag. They should have been like, hmm, you're a bit of a narcissist. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so that's the story of the Anthill Kid cult, which I had never heard of. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. So yeah, basically, they just endured a lot of torture. One of the guys, I can't think of his name right now, but he was even, um, he, he, he endured a lot of torture. I think he was one of the ones that Rock didn't really like. And so he would pull out his teeth. He would um, cut off his appendages. What was another thing he did? Oh, he would make, he would hang him up, like suspend him up in the air and make the women like pluck out his pubic hairs. Yeah, really weird shit. But um, I just thought that was crazy. Like I've never, I haven't really heard of a cult that they had like torture and mutilation and things like that. And, and the fact that you can make other people, if I'm holding a shotgun and you're telling me to shoot this person in the shoulder because of a punishment, I'm just going to point it at you and shoot you, and then we're yeah. all going to go home. Like, I I'm don't, not going to do that. I don't understand why these people were like, and I haven't seen, like, I haven't watched a documentary on it or anything like that, but there's not a lot of the people that were in the cult, there's not a lot of, like, interviews and stuff like that with them, but I would love to just sit down with them and be like, what, why? Well, have you seen American Horror Story that season where it was, like, political and there was cult involved? No, I didn't watch you it. You didn't watch that one? Mm-mm. I just It's funny because I just re-watched that one because I forgot about it and I haven't seen it in a while. Mm-hmm. And some of, the thing, some of the things that he says are very, like, kind of like he sees you. It, he always chooses, so um, Evan Peters, the guy mm-hmm. that plays him. He always chooses someone who's, like, very lonely, has no family, doesn't have a religion, yeah. is pretty much lost, and he kind of, like, talks to them, like, he knows them. Yeah. And, like, he looks at them and says, you're, like, amazing, you're, like, the one person I can trust, all this other bullshit, mm-hmm. and really gets, but still, like, even that, I can think of the person I love the most, and if they told me hey, I need you to kill this person for me, I wouldn't. I'd be like, uh, I don't think I'm going to do that. Sorry, I love you, but I'm not yeah. going to do that. And me and Hannah have talked about, like, cults could be described as anything. I mean, it, our religion is a cult, if you want to really think about it that way. Yeah. Um, but the difference is, is that if I go to church on Sunday and the preacher goes, hey, so Jesus came to me and he said that uh, we're going to have to go out here and start murdering folks. I'm going to be like, all right, well, it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> like or if the church was like, hey, I want y'all to drink this Kool-Aid. We all have to die yeah. today. I'd be like, well, like, I'm not going to. Bye. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, I think that's the difference here between like, because some people are like, well, Christianity is a cult or this is a cult or anything like that. Well, I guess... If you wanted to, you could say anything is a cult, but I, you some know. preachers make it a cult by the yeah. way they preach. <laughs> yeah, but I don't see. You know, I, I'm pretty sure my congregation wouldn't jump up and drink Kool Aid if the preacher told them that it was laced with poison and God told him to. Um, you know, but there are cults that do that because they follow these. It's not about. It's not about the. Um, it's not about God in these cults. It's about the person. You're following the person. You're doing whatever that person tells you to do. They're like God. You see what I'm saying? So that's how you can tell a cult, 
you know, and the same thing, like, I believe Scientology is a cult, 100%. You can come for me in the comments if you want to, if you're a Scientologist. Sorry about it, but... (laughs) 100%. Um, Yeah, I definitely believe that. That's why I'm, I'm like, I don't like churches. Um, I don't go to churches because um, most people there are terrible. Yeah. People that are very weird and... Well, that's a whole other subject. I mean, there are a lot of times I've been to a church that, you know, you just have, like, these snooty bitches and you're just like I'm just here to like praise Jesus and have a good time and you're over there like looking at my outfit like fuck off <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> like, I don't particularly like churches yeah um, but I it's hard think... to find one that you just feel like okay these are just normal people and we're just here reading the yeah. word of God you know and it really shouldn't be one person in general because there can be a bad person a bad apple and anything like there can be bad apples in the LGBTQ. There can be bad apples in uh, Christianity or any kind of. It's just people in general that are bad. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. But I still don't get it. Like cults fascinate me because mm-hmm. of that. They scare the shit out of my husband. I think he, I don't know why. Maybe he thinks he could be swayed by one. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't. I really don't think I could. This with me, Hannah was like. I think you could. I was like, no, I really don't think I could. Like, if a motherfucker started coming in, I don't care if it was Johnny Depp, okay? (laughs) (laughs) What if it was Adam Driver? Oh, man, that's a tough one. (laughs) Adam, if you're listening, I would do anything for you, so I don't know. I don't know. She would matter for you. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, really? Okay, well, this is happening. (laughs) I can see it now. Never mind. JK. I get it. <laughs> she gets it now. She would have been the she would have been the hippie child of uh, love child of um, Adam Driver. N- no, I was gonna say uh, what's his name? Oh my Who? god, Helter Skelter. Um, uh, Charles Manson. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see no, Hannah. No, I'm saying like I could see you being one of the follow one of his followers. Like, oh, if you were like born. if Adam Driver was like mm-hmm. him, oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'd be like, well, this is it. Um. Anyway, sorry. But no, not me. I wouldn't even if it was Johnny Depp. I'd be like, mm, no, can't do it. Sorry, sir. <laughs> I gotta go back home. Uh, but anyways, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. It was definitely out there and crazy yeah um but it was a good one and y'all voted to have a cult episode and next week we're gonna do an alien one and i haven't talked to hannah about this yet but we should try to do video next week we always say that i know never do (laughs) we really should we really should um it always is just so much trouble something happens well now Corey, my husband he has a green screen because he does youtube videos for his gaming channel so now we can just like sit over there and do it (laughs) and then we have a green screen behind us so anyways all right well we hope that you guys have a fantastic week and we will see you guys next week Bye. bye